This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Creature Comforts, the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week. So today on the program, we're going to welcome Claire Graves from Pearl Riverkeeper. They're a nonprofit organization dedicated to keeping the Pearl River watershed clean and healthy through advocacy and education. On occasion, they even get into the water to do the dirty work. We'll talk with Claire about the work of the Pearl Riverkeeper group and their upcoming clean sweep event happening this Saturday. And as always, Dr. Major is on hand, ready for your pet questions. Join our conversation this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. Here's a reminder, if you miss Creature Comforts on its Thursday broadcast, it repeats every Saturday morning at 6. So good morning, Dr. Major. Hope you're doing well this morning. Doing well. Everything's going pretty good. Glad to see this cooler weather, and uh, I think the animals appreciate that as well. Yes. Uh, our producer, Java, has rounded up some of our recent uh, emails that have pet questions, so we're going to kind of grill you here in this first section uh, okay. this morning. The first one says, I feed my dog once a day. Is that okay? Also, when it rains, he drinks out of puddles that are sometimes muddy. Will muddy water hurt a dog? Okay. That's a great question. Uh, adult, adult dogs can do quite well on feeding once a day. Uh, puppies, uh, let's say dogs under six to eight months, really need to be fed at least twice a day, depending on the breed and their size. Uh that helps too, I think, so they won't gorge themselves at one particular meal. Adult dogs can handle that pretty well uh, on a once-a-day basis. As far as the mud puddles and drinking water outside, one of the things that comes to mind, and certainly it's possible, would be the transmission of Giardia, which is a protozoa. Uh, very difficult, though, to keep this dog from drinking water in the puddles. Uh, and Giardia can be spread by wild animals, uh, uh, feral cats, uh, raccoons, uh, other animals, and certainly can be an issue in most uh, areas like that. So I would be careful and try to avoid those patchy uh, areas of water. All right. Here's another one that says, how do you break a three-month-old kitten from biting? <laughs> okay. I wonder if this is a bottle-raised kitten. Uh, certainly, we do have some problems with uh, kittens that are raised by themselves. A lot of times, uh, if you notice kittens playing, there's a lot of give and take when you have multiple kittens. They <clears throat> bite each other. They scratch. They play fight. And some of the fights get pretty good. If they're by themselves, though, a lot of times the natural tendency is to bite. And uh, I would suggest that to deter that, uh, try to change the cat's attitude as far as what's going on right now, uh, distract it, in other words. I think that would help. Uh, you don't want to punish the cat by hitting it or anything like that. But do try to change what's going on when it starts to bite, maybe toys that he would play with, 
that sort of thing. So uh, it is a problem, and usually it's a real problem when the kitten is raised by itself. You know, I remember when my cat was young, uh, he was very rambunctious, as most kittens are. So I would imagine, as you mentioned, maybe if you find a favorite toy or whatever and engage the cat a little bit, it'll kind of wear itself out and maybe won't bite as much. Right, just like your cat. You know, you have, what is that, tunnel that you fixed up for it. Right. Uh, And a lot of times they like a cardboard box, cut a hole in the box, close it up, maybe a hole on either side, and the cat likes to play in that uh they, they'll do all sorts of things so try to entertain it or you know cats kittens especially can entertain themselves but uh you do need to help direction and help playing with them uh, by offering not a thousand toys but suitable toys that uh the cat likes i know the little cat that i've got now uh we've got various names for him i think his main name right now he is on facebook but uh his name is Kitty Man, uh, and then named after a cartoon character as well. But um, he likes certain toys, and sometimes the catnip toys work real well. There's a banana that he likes, and he will uh, play with that banana and attack it and scratch it and this sort of thing. So just work with, uh, you know, work with the kid and offer different things for it to do, and I think probably it will outgrow this. We got a couple of phone calls on the line as well, so let's say good morning to John in Osaka. Good morning, John. You're on the air with us. Just one. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yes. Um, last week, I dr- I was driving out on a, a old side road, and I saw an animal, very low to the ground. It was golden brown and had this big, long, puffy golden brown tail and on its face the face was white okay how big, and how big it, was it this stayed guy? very close to the ground and every now and then it would kind of pop up hmm. okay how much how much do you think it weighed just as a guess uh less than 10 pounds Okay, so it's rel- relatively small. Uh, it wasn't a 10, 20-pound 20 20 animal. Well, it may have gone up to 15, but... Right. I wish you'd had a, been able to take a picture of that. Uh, so we could... I only saw it for about four seconds. <laughs> okay. Okay. So difficult to know exactly exactly what that was. But, I mean, his legs were only a couple inches long, but that tail, yeah. it was totally puffy, and the tail was at least half the body length. And it had a white face, is that correct? And it had a white face. Well, uh, that's interesting. It makes you wonder if it's some type of escapee from somebody's collection of animals or or that sort of thing. If you see it again, sure, try to get a picture, but you may never see it again. But I uh, appreciate the I, I mean, I was thinking it was some kind of weasel or ferret. That's what it reminded me of. That was the body style. Okay, and it was low to the ground. Well, maybe oh, some of the listeners can the can help us with that as far as identification. But uh, thanks for your call, and that is very interesting. All right, John, we appreciate you calling in. As Dr. Major said, if, if you've heard that and think that you have a suggestion for what sort of creature John saw, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. Let's stay on the phone lines here. Our friend Kathleen is also in Osaka and on the line. Good morning, Kathleen. Hi, guys. I, I got a weird problem, and I can't seem to solve it. I don't know if you remember, Kevin, but a few years back, I had a snake throwing itself at my back door. And I went to open the door to check it, and he threw himself at the door, so I shut it again. And when I looked down, it was another snake curled up by my foot. So I cracked the door a little, and thank goodness the snake went out, and they went tussling in the yard. Well, I have... I don't know if it's the same black snake, but I'm pretty sure it is. I didn't ask his ID. But he would come and throw himself at the back door. And I've seen him twice in the yard, and twice, not the same two I saw him, but another two, I almost put my foot on him. And he did take off, but, you know, I'm with a cane and all, and I'm going, goodness gracious, I could not outrun the snake. How do I get this rogue snake to move? Well, it's a great yeah, question, uh, and I, I would say you actually had one that was inside the house. Is that correct? Yeah, it was a very, very big gray snake, yellow around the jaws with a cream-colored be- belly, and it was wrapped up tightly, four co- coils high at least. Right, and right. when I opened that door, that snake kind of went out. I'm thinking maybe he still thinks that snake's still in there if they have a memory, but I'm, I think that's far-fetched, but I don't know. Well, the snakes will travel uh, certainly a scent trail. Do you have any, any mice or uh, any other type of rodent around the house? Well, I live on 11-plus acres of woods, and there's 35 acres of woods behind me. Now, this year, I did notice we have an extreme amount of frogs, and I think that was due to uh, almost all the rain. In fact, all the rain around here has moved all the snakes from the gully in the lowest areas. They found houses and little cubby holes here on the hilltop, which I, I don't care for much, but they're staying, it looks like. Certainly, it sounds like a non-poisonous snake based on what you said, but at the same time, you don't need to be startled if you're using a cane. Uh, you know, I, I would say that there's some reason, whether it's a scent trail or he thinks there's another snake there, I, I just don't know. Somebody else may be able to help us better than myself. I do know that snakes will travel uh, where a mouse or other uh, rodent has gone. Uh, I remember, I think I've told the story of the one that followed in on a uh, basically an electrical outlet area and uh, looking for mice. I'm sure it was a king snake. And actually, this was when it was pretty cold and he had wrapped around uh, the uh, heater on an ice maker. And he was quite content there, but it's quite a shock when you uh, open up a, a drawer and find a snake. Good luck with that, and I wish I could tell you more. Uh, maybe someone else can help uh, with this, but he probably was looking for a meal, I would think. All right, uh, Kathleen, thanks for the call. You know, the thing that we've talked about, too, Dr. Major, if you make uh, uh, an area unpleasant or the, something that the animal doesn't like, it might move along. So she might think about, you know, making sure there's not tall grass and some of the other things, uh, the types of uh, cover snakes like, and try to de-snake uh, her yard, and that might uh, be helpful right. as well. And I know she has cats outside, which is a little unusual that they are, are not trying to um, either attack the snake or try to scare it off. Cats are pretty good at that. 
And Kevin, we just got a uh, email from uh, our one and only good friend uh, Joe McGee right. uh, about uh, what he thinks John and Osaka, that uh, animal that we were trying to identify, and he said it could possibly be a fox squirrel. Hmm. A fox squirrel, and then I got on the Google machine, and of <laughs> course, um, they do some. Some of them have the white face, and of course, you know, every most squirrels have that big, puffy tail. Mm-hmm. So it could have been a fox squirrel. Well, and also, you know, that was funny because when he was on the on the phone, I thought to myself, "Gee, I hope uh, he, he's listening." So uh, Joe McGee, our good friend, uh, is always going to chime in, and I I would go with him uh, more so than than not. He he kind of knows what he's talking about. So. Time for the first break of the hour. When we get back, we'll talk with our guest, Claire Graves, from the Pearl River Keeper. As a member of the Waterkeeper Alliance, they're dedicated to improving the Pearl River watershed through restoration, advocacy, and education. So stay tuned as we talk about their upcoming Pearl River cleanup. It's this Saturday, September 18th. We're looking for your questions at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 1-877-672-7464. You can email animals at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, and our guest today is Claire Graves from the Pearl Riverkeeper Group. To join our conversation this morning with a question or a comment, call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 877 Six seven two seven four six four. You can email animals at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Claire. Thanks for joining us. Seems like we have you on every time around this year, or every year around this time when it's Pearl River Clean Sweep event. So thanks for being on the show with us again. Hey, thanks for having me and letting me talk a little bit about Pearl Riverkeeper. So this is the fifth year, is that correct? That's right. This is It's hard to believe, but this is our fifth year of doing the Pearl River Clean Sweep, where we have volunteers from all over get together and clean up our Pearl River watershed. So um, over the past five years, we've engaged over 3,000 volunteers from all the way up in Nanawaya down to the Gulf Coast, cleaning up along the Pearl River uh, watershed and pulling out an unreal amount of trash and litter over 130,000 pounds. Wow. Uh, And it it covers parts of Louisiana as well? That's right. So uh, we have a couple of parishes down in Louisiana, 20 sites overall from Mississippi and Louisiana, um, over 490 miles of Pearl River um, served by this group. Uh, Anything new this year in the clean sweep? Oh, yes. Every year uh, it gets better and better. So Um, Even though we've got a little bit of rain coming through, we're really excited about this fifth year anniversary. And um, thanks to some some really great sponsors, um, we're going to be able to have free admission into um, a food truck frenzy over uh, at the um, Lakeshore Park on the Res. So um, the Barnett Reservoir Foundation is, is allowing all of our Clean Soup volunteers to get free admission, free food, music, 
water views. Sounds like a great time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great reward for the volunteer work that these folks are going to do. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Pearl Riverkeeper. If you would, give us uh, some history. How did it get started? Yeah, so Pearl Riverkeeper is a citizen-based nonprofit group um, and has been active in Mississippi for these past five years. Um, and it's actually part of a, a larger global effort, um, the Waterkeeper Alliance. So that's a global network of grassroots leaders working to protect and, and make sure we have clean water that's drinkable, swimmable, fishable, enjoyable uh, for, for folks. And so um, it's really been an amazing group to be part of. Lots of incredible people who really care about um, our local water here in Mississippi and, and keeping it beautiful for all of us to enjoy. Uh, so there are 20 sites participating, and is how long is each site? How how much of the river does each group sort of uh, get responsible for helping clean up? Yeah, it really depends on the site. So some of the sites will be pretty big. Uh, we usually have some sites that are, are boat sites. People go out in their kayaks and uh, pick up uh, litter out there in the middle of the river um, and untangle it from branches and limbs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it really depends on the site. So I've been at Bellhaven Beach as a site lead for the past couple of years, and we cover a, a big portion of that area, um, depending on how high the river is. So it, it kind of depends each year, too, on, on what the river allows us access to. I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Na- nature kind of rules uh, where you're going to go and, right. and what you're going to do, that's for sure. That's right. Uh, so do you want people, uh, can people register in advance? Can they just show up? If someone's hearing this and is interested, uh, what do they need to do yeah. to become a participant? We would love for them to register in advance. Helps us know what to prepare for. So they can go to the Pearl Riverkeeper website, pearlriverkeeper.com, and register for a site. So you can see all the different uh, 20 sites there on the website and just fill out a really simple registration and the event starts at 8 o'clock um, on Saturday. And then we'll, different sites will kind of stay as long as there's still trash to pick up. And so usually I, we've been done by 11 or so um, at our sites. And so get out and um, pick up everything you see. A lot of things will be provided. So we usually have trash kind of uh, grabbers available for people, trash bags. But bring your gloves, uh, wear closed-toed shoes. Um, be ready to, to kind of get out there and get in it. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's important to, to wear uh, comfortable shoes, too, because you're going to be doing a lot of walking around. Uh, how many uh, volunteers are there? And again, maybe it might depend on size, but give us an idea of how many volunteers per site there are. So last year at our site, we had a really awesome group of Boy Scouts at our site uh, pulling tires out of the river and uh, really enjoying that together. And so our site last year had maybe about, I'd say, 25 volunteers. So, again, it'll depend on the site, um, but the more the merrier. We really enjoy getting to share this experience with new folks every year. Um, and then we have a lot of repeat volunteers who come back year after year that really have a good time. It's a lot of fun to do something like this with other people who are also passionate about our uh, natural resources. Um, but, yeah, it's a friendly for kids, friendly for folks have lots of different abilities and ages, um, we've got a place for you. It does sound like uh, maybe, as you mentioned, a Boy Scout group, any kind of civic group, maybe a church group, a youth group, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Might sounds like this would be a good uh, event to get involved with, uh, you know, to uh, help uh, clean up some of this uh, of the trash. 
definitely. We have a lot of college students that come out and uh, volunteer. We have um, kind of some ladies groups that have made it a, a priority in what they do uh, to serve their communities that will come out. And, you know, bring your friends. Bring people that you want to get to know better. If you really want to get to know somebody, get out on the Pearl River and pick up <laughs> some litter together. <laughs> Bonding like uh, no other way there. That's that's right. <laughs> so I think over 130,000 pounds of trash during the, the, the previous uh, clean sweep uh, efforts. Uh, what are some kind of maybe the random crazy things that have been pulled from the river? Everything you can think of. It's unreal what people will pitch out. And anything that somebody puts on the ground um, in the watershed area, so anywhere that washes down into the Pearl can get to the river. So uh, vacuum cleaners. Um, last year we had a shopping cart that we pulled out, um, lots of car parts and just weird things like that. Um, but it's a reminder to people that anything you put out um, will wash into our river. And that's our, our drinking source, water source in Jackson, and um, such an awesome resource, lots of fishing and recreation opportunities there. So we don't want all that stuff in our river. Um, so it's a reminder to people to be thoughtful about how they discard their unwanted goods. And as I think you just sort of alluded to it, it's not necessarily I've got a shopping cart, I'm going to go dump it in the river, but if I dump it out somewhere and leave it somewhere, chances are that, that it might eventually make its way into the river? Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, every styrofoam cup that you see on the side of the interstate has a good chance of winding up in your drinking water. So uh, don't be part of that problem and um, really help uh, with that. You know, So we do a lot of trash pickup that's kind of far from the river, you know, it's not always right there next to the river, but even that trash pickup that's along our city streets in Jackson or other places within the state, that's part of protecting the Pearl Sea. And I know that uh, part of uh, what your mission is with the Pearl River Keepers, the, you know, an awareness, education of, is it a mind change that we need for some of these people to realize what happens when they're careless with their trash? I think that's part of it, um, and really just being uh, creating environments that help people make good decisions is also part of that, right? So um, making sure that there are places for people to throw their trash away at a big event. Um, that's, a, that's one of the things that we see is when people don't have access to a place to do the right thing, they do the wrong thing <laughs> sometimes with their trash. Um, and just kind of creating a, a new culture around that, I think, is something that we have a great opportunity to do. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with Claire Graves from Pearl Riverkeeper. We're talking about the, their efforts to uh, keep the Pearl River clean and also specifically about an event they have coming up uh, this Saturday, uh, September 18th, beginning at 8 a.m. It's the uh, Clean Sweep. And if you need more information about this, uh, you can reference their website, pearlriverkeeper.com. And Claire, is it Keeper or Keepers? Um, just keeper, one keeper. Okay, <laughs> just one of them. All righty. Uh, <laughs> Cynthia has called in from Oxford today, and we'll invite her into the program. Good morning, Cynthia. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi there. Um, I I love the fact that you're doing this event, and I've done a lot of events like that in the past when I was younger. Um, if you notice that your neighbor is doing dumping in the creek, what, do you have some kind of little sheet you can recommend that I could print out online that would educate folks in, you know, kind of a friendly way? Do you have any advice on that, just preventing uh, neighbors mm. from dumping? Yeah, that's a great question. There's a lot of good resources there on the Pearl Riverkeeper website just about the impact of uh, trash and litter on the Pearl. 
Um, but I, I really like how you thought about that, you know, just how to do it in a friendly way. Just having a conversation with people, I do that. You know, have finding ways to talk with people about um, the impact of their actions on our river and uh, reminding them that they drink that water <laughs> sometimes can help. Um, I think it's a good thing. But, yeah, there's some good um, educational resources there on the website. Um, but I think citizen-to-citizen action like that can really uh, play a big part in uh, changing the way people approach their river. Great. Could you give that website address out? Sure. It's www.pearlriverkeeper.com. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks. Of uh, course. Good to hear from you, Cynthia. This is Creature Comforts, and it's time for a break. When we get back, we'll continue talking with our guest, Claire Graves. We're looking for you to call in with questions and comments this morning. Our phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can email animals at mpbonline.org. Remember, Dr. Major's on the line. If you have any pet questions this morning, we'll have more creature comforts after this, so stay tuned. This is Creature Comforts. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major. Our guest for the day is Claire Graves from the Pearl Riverkeeper Group. If you want to join our conversation this morning, you can call us at 1 877 MPB Ring. It's 1 877 672-7464. You can email animals at mpbonline.org. Uh, we earlier had a caller that was trying to identify a creature that he had seen, and we had another caller in to offer another opinion. Uh, this uh, caller thinks it might have been a coati, C-O-A-T-I. Uh, they're golden with a striped tail, and our caller told us that she saw one uh, last week at the Marion County Wildlife Management Area. So, a uh, couple of suggestions there. John, if you're still listening, maybe Google uh, our two suggestions and see which one seems to fit with uh, with what you saw. So our guest today is Claire Graves from Pearl Riverkeeper. Claire, we've been talking about uh, cleaning up the Pearl River and the, and the huge amounts of trash that's pulled out of there. How do you safely or responsibly dispose of all the trash that you find in the river? Yeah, we um, partner with our cities um, locally along the way and are really grateful for their help with this. Um, so have some dumpsters there provided for us and um, really work hard to make sure that it gets to the right uh, place and not back into the river. Um, so we have a lot of city support and a lot of great partners are part of this. Um, our communities really want good, clean water. They want it for a lot of different reasons. They want it um, because it supports their um local citizens wanting to live there. So it's great to have our, our good partners uh, along the way. So you have had a lot of buy-in from the, the communities and the cities along the way, Sonic, kind of getting involved in this and really supporting what you all are doing. Oh, yeah. It's a great opportunity. It's something that's fun for people to do, and it also gives people access to their local uh, water resources, helps them kind of rediscover that as a, a really neat, uh, fun opportunity for their family at other times. So um, that's one of the things I've enjoyed is getting to see new sites along the Pearl River and then um, kind of learning, learning that area and then being able to come back later uh, to recreate there. You know, we talked about what makes the Pearl River important and special, and I think the, the one thing that you pointed out that is the biggest uh, is that it is the source of drinking water for uh, some here in the, the, the metro area. But also I think maybe people might not realize the biodiversity uh, maybe in the Pearl mm -hmm. River. Could you talk a little bit about some of the various things that call the river uh, home? 
Absolutely. So there are a lot of federally listed species that depend on the resources of the Pearl watershed. Um, so Louisiana black bears, uh, bald eagles, even the Gulf sturgeon, um, they, all those different creatures depend on this water and the quality of this water in this area um, to survive and to thrive. So we get to not only support you know, people's enjoyment, but also to ensure that we have a good, clean, sustainable area for some of our really special favorite wildlife. Um, so I think you mentioned that uh, Pearl River Keeper is, is sort of part of a Waterkeeper Alliance. Uh, tell us about that, mm-hmm. maybe that umbrella organization. Yes, absolutely. So there are sites um, in the Waterkeeper Alliance all over the world, six continents, 300 different organizations. Uh, Pearl River Keeper was the very first one in Mississippi. And um, all of these different organizations, you know, really connect you with citizens around the world that care about the same things you care about, um, about clean, drinkable, swimmable, fishable water. Um, And so this day that we've chosen for the Pearl River Clean Sleep is a a special day when a lot of these folks um, in different areas of the country and around the world are committing themselves to uh, doing a cleanup and uh, making sure that our water is um, not impacted by um, human litter and waste. That seems kind of cool, though, to know that, you know, when you're working this Saturday, that you're part of this bigger, as you mentioned, global thing of people trying to help preserve our waterways. That's exactly right. You know, you can go out by yourself as an individual volunteer, and um, I encourage people to do that, too, and, you know, clean up your street or clean up an area that's really bothering you, and you'll feel a lot better about it. But it's even uh, more fun to get to do that with other people and to connect with them. And I've made some great friends through uh, Pearl River Keeper and um, just really enjoy those kind of folks that want to take action, want to be part of the solution. Um, So it's a great way to meet other people who are um, just committed to their community and the environment. We've got another caller on the line on Creature Comforts, and it's our friend Sue from Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. You're on the air. Yes, thank you. I I wanted to ask about... Uh, I know the Pearl River is named after the freshwater pearls that used to be produced by certain mollusks that live in that river, and then the Japanese would come and order tons of these shells and and cut their little seed pearls out so they could make cultured pearls in Japan. But I wonder, are any of those mollusks that produce pearls, are there any of those still alive in the river? That is a great question. I don't know exactly if there are or not. What I can say is when we do our cleanups, I see a lot of mollusk shells. So to me, that would point to maybe yes. Um, but we see lots of uh, very interesting and beautiful shells um, when we do our cleanups out there. But, yeah, I'd have to learn more about that. Well, thank you. All right, Sue, good to hear from you. <laughs> We've got some open phone lines if you want to join your, uh, our conversation on creature comforts this morning. We're visiting with Claire Graves from Pearl Riverkeeper talking about uh, efforts to keep the Pearl River clean and trash-free. Also, Dr. Major is still on hand, ready to take your pet questions. Open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. So, Claire, we're talking about uh, this annual event and one of your big things of the year, I would guess, the Clean Sweep Weekend. Uh, but uh, Pearl River Keeper has some other programs uh, that they do. Tell us a little bit about some of those. Absolutely. So um, Pearl River Keeper is involved in lots of different ways to advocate for clean water um, and then to also offer other volunteer opportunities throughout the year. So one of my favorite things that I get to be involved in is being a water quality monitor. 
um, right there at Bellhaven Beach and um, going out with some other volunteers to test the water for bacteria. And um, so we do that on a weekly basis throughout the summer. Um, it's a pretty simple process, but, you know, with some commitment and a little incubation of our results, uh, we're able to share with the public what we're seeing in our water and help them make their own decisions about whether or not the water in their area is safe to swim or boat in um, or to fish in. And so that's been a, a really interesting project and um, to get out and do a little science every week. Uh, what would be some of the causes for an increased uh, level of bacteria in the river? Well, we do have some unfortunate um, sewage issues, um, especially around some of our um, cities and towns along the river. So, for example, our site that we usually do for the Pearl River Clean Sweep um, in Bellhaven is going to have to be uh, postponed this time. We can't do it right now because there's a major sewage leak um, that's flowing into Eubanks Creek and then into our Pearl River. So um, it really highlights the importance of the work that Pearl River Keeper is doing to bring awareness to those issues and then to also um, ask our leaders to take action so those things don't keep happening. Um, but we also um, just have a, a lot of other great opportunities um, to, to help educate people about other things that can cause that problem. So wildlife um, or farms where you have a lot of animals can also um, create situations where you have increased bacteria in the water. And then you also see dumping sometimes, folks that are out boating and are putting their waste into the water. That can create bacterial issues. Uh, what about, uh, you, you mentioned that you're one of the monitors. Can, can, are you looking for, again, citizens to help out in that regard? And if so, how could someone go about doing that? Absolutely. We love to bring new people into our water quality monitor team. Uh, so this is um, something that we're doing in partnership with the MSU Extension Service. So uh, in order to become a water quality monitor, uh, folks do a training, a multi-part training, and, and learn about um, what can cause these uh, issues in the water and then also how to do the testing in a way that um, has valid and reliable results. Um, and so Pearl River offers this training typically about once a year. Sometimes um, I think that, you know, it would be great to be able to do it more often than that. But uh, then, you know, you get trained and uh, do that with kind of a cohort of other folks and then partner up and have a site selected and can start doing your water quality testing there. All the supplies are provided, and um, it's, it's really pretty easy. And, um, again, a lot of fun to have an excuse to get out in nature every week or so. And I think you mentioned this, but that, that uh, area in the Jackson metro area that's, that's uh, had the sewage issue, that, that was brought to the attention of authorities from, from the Pearl Riverkeeper group. Is that correct? That's right, from a volunteer that works with Pearl Riverkeeper and um, really just sounding the alarm on that. And so um, right now the city is working to get that fixed, um, and we really appreciate them uh, paying attention to that and getting in there and trying to get that settled. Um, but it is uh, something that is really uh, distressing, you know, when you get out there and uh, you know how beautiful and, and enjoyable the pearl can be um, to see these uh, challenges. It's, it's hard, but um, we're really committed to the long term and uh, working together with our city leaders and partners to, to create a river that people can enjoy. We've got another caller on the line, so this time we're going to say good morning to Wayne, who's called in from Philadelphia. Wayne, you're on the air with us, so go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I fish in the Pearl River, the Upper Pearl River around Philadelphia, 
and um, I'm just appalled at so-called sportsmen that throw their tin cans, plastic bottles, and other trash litter into that resource because it's a it's a fabulous, beautiful place to fish. Cypress trees, tupelos. Uh, it's a very wild, very pristine, except when you see things like that. And I can't commend your group about picking up in the Pearl River, but frankly, I think it would be a good idea for um, other sportsmen to begin to pick up trash when they see it, when they go. I try to make it a habit to pick up cans that are floating in the river anytime I see them. Uh, so that might help out, but again, thank you for your efforts. It's such a beautiful resource. I hope we can keep it more pristine in the future. All right, Wayne, thanks for your call. Claire, any thoughts? Yeah, Wayne, thank you so much for your call, and, and thank you for your efforts to keep the pearl clean. It really does. It takes all of us, and um, it takes people who are, are using the river and understand the river and value the river, just uh, taking action. Um, and that's one of the things that I think Pearl River Keeper can be kind of a, um, something that puts some power behind that and puts some people together and, and helps people do that collectively. Um, so I hope that Wayne can get together with another group of sportsmen and maybe do a team, do a team cleanup. Um, it's something that it can really um, show you the impact that individuals can have when they work together. Yeah, we had talked earlier about, uh, you know, groups that might get involved with this. So, yeah, if you've got a bunch of fishing buddies, that might be a good uh, extracurricular yeah. activity for you all to do to help out. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so Pearl Riverkeeper, I think, is um, interested in partnering with other groups, too. And so you know, any opportunity that we have to uh, do an extra cleanup, we've done some of that, too. So, like, some college groups or um, other large groups that want to do a cleanup, you know, get in touch with Pearl River Keeper and they can have a volunteer come out with your group and help educate and support that work. We had a caller leave an interesting uh, thought. It, uh, geocaching is a GPS game online that you go and use your, your GPS skills to find little treasures, but their motto is cash in and trash out because uh, they pick up trash mm -hmm. along the way as they search for their treasured caches. So that's a that's a cool thing, a fun thing to do, and it's good to see that, again, folks that uh, enjoy nature realize the, this issue and are, and are taking the initiative to help out. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it belongs to all of us, right? And so just taking care of what belongs to us and um, making sure that we keep it good, not just for our enjoyment, but for wildlife and for the future. This is Creature Comforts, and it's time for our final break of the hour. You've still got time to get your questions or comments in by calling us at one 877 MPB Ring. It's 1-877-672-7464 or just send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. We'll wrap up things with our guest Claire Graves from the Pearl River Keepers. Dr. Major still on the line ready for your pet questions, so stay tuned. You're listening to Creature Comforts. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major and our guest for the day, Claire Graves, who's a member of the Pearl River Keepers. If you want to join the conversation, still time to work in a question or comment. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email animals at mpbonline.org. On the line, we've got another caller, and this time it's Samantha calling in from Ocean Springs. Hi, Samantha. Go ahead, please. 
Hi, I was just calling to ask if the uh, Pearl River Watershed Group had any interaction with the Gulf Sturgeon Restoration Program through the Army Corps and the University of Southern Mississippi at the research lab. Samantha, thank you so much for that question. I'm not aware of it, but I would be shocked if there was not some engagement there because um, the Gulf Sturgeon is like our mascot for Pearl River right. and everything else. And so um, I would bet that um, Abby Brahman, who's over at Pearl River Keeper, has connected with them and, and has worked with them some. We've also worked uh, with some other groups that are there active on the coast, like Master Naturalists. Um, and so there, we have a lot of good partnerships, but that's definitely one that we really need to make sure is, is going if it's not already. <laughs> right, absolutely. I was just wondering, it's an, a really interesting project, and I was just kind mm -hmm. of wondering if they interacted at all with you guys and yeah. thought it would be well, a we love the Gulf thing to highlight. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Are you involved with that at all? Um, I know people who are, <laughs> which was why I was asking. I was like, I wonder if they work together. Um, I bet so they do. I, I bet they do. <laughs> it's a neat group. It's a well, neat yeah. program. They've been tagging Sturgeon out there for a really long time now, and uh, they've seen some great restorative uh, success mm -hmm. and population oh, it's a huge monitoring. Deal. Yeah, because we could lose that species, and so we're really excited to see it um, thriving and, and doing a lot better and keeping this water clean is, is what we're trying to do upriver. Absolutely. All right, uh, Samantha, thank you for your call. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines here for just a moment. Next, we go to Dee in Greenwood. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Hi, this is Dee. I'm calling from Greenwood, and I have two cats. One is almost two-year-old. One is almost one-year-old, and I was wondering about them sharing a litter box. They get litter everywhere, so instead of cleaning up the two boxes, I'm wondering if I could just do one. I'll wait for your answer. All right, D. thanks. Dr. Major, what do you think? i tell you what, that's that's a great question because some cats can handle that, but really you need two litter boxes. And if there's a problem, they always say one cat, one litter box per cat plus one. So I'm not saying that she necessarily needs three litter boxes. There may be ways that she can uh, prevent the litter from, I think she indicated that they may be, uh, kicking litter out of the litter box, mm -hmm. maybe some with the uh, ability to stop the litter uh, from going out of the box. There are different types of things that you can use. And uh, I would say that really, in reality, it's better to have at least two litter boxes. All right, Dee, thanks for your call. I would say, too, that uh, they're also, they make the little ramp that the cat walks up to get into the litter box that it has a surface that sometimes uh, gets some of the loose litter off of their paws. And then I think the various kinds of uh, litter have a better anti-tracking uh, uh, properties. So maybe, uh, Dean, yes. you can experiment and find one. Uh, I'd like the clumping litters. They seem to uh, not be too much of a mess. So that would be my recommendation on that one. Uh, Claire, what, uh, who are the water rangers? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so some of our folks that are out there um, doing water quality monitoring and, and participating in some of the work that... Uh, Pearl River Keeper does, um, some of our dedicated volunteers, water rangers um, that do a lot of, um, have some specific sites that they monitor over time. Uh, we're always doing something new, so uh, that's another thing that I really enjoy about Pearl River Keeper, always looking for a new opportunity. So we've got some new special litter traps that we've been exper uh, experimenting with, 
um, looking at ways to prevent litter from, from going downstream from some of our smaller creeks into the big um, Pearl River Channel. Um, so we're always trying something new. And so if you have an idea about how to um, help with uh, litter prevention in your area, we're open to it. Uh, you know, it's important, I think, to educate the young folks so that they grow up being responsible and knowing uh, how to control litter, the importance of keeping our waterways clean. How does your group involve kids? We have lots of kids that come to the Clean Sleep. Um, it's so much fun to see them out there and uh, really getting into it and getting involved. And um, we have some good site leads at our different sites that provide a lot of education. Um, like I said, last year we had a great Boy Scout group and one of the best parts of that is getting to help them understand the impact of the actions that people took on the interstate uh, winding up in their river and helping them see that firsthand and make a commitment, even as they're young kids, uh, to not be part of the problem but be part of the solution. So we're a statewide broadcaster, and so if there are a group of people maybe in another part of Mississippi that would like to start a riverkeeper group for another body of water, another river, is that possible, and how might they go about doing it? Oh, absolutely. We would love to see some other sister organizations get started throughout the state. We've got some other great waterways um, throughout the state that need similar uh, support from their communities. And so I would say reach out to Pearl Riverkeeper. Um, we would be glad to connect people with others that can um, help them get started and, and share what we've learned and um, know so that people don't have to reinvent the wheel but can kind of uh, bring this to their own river and their own special part of the state. And again, if you need information about the work of the Pearl River Keepers, it is Pearl River Keeper, all spelled out, so P-E-A-R-L-R-I-V-E-R-K-E-E-P-E-R.com, Pearl River Keeper, all one word, uh, .com, and you'll find out information online. So, Claire, just about a minute left. If you could remind us again of what's going on this Saturday. Absolutely. We've got our fifth annual Clean Sweep event coming up this weekend. starts at 8 a.m., and there are 20 different sites along the river, all the way up from Manawaya down to the Gulf Coast, on the Mississippi side and the Louisiana side. And we'll be out picking up litter and getting together with other people passionate about keeping the Pearl River clean. So if, you, if folks are interested in being part of that, they can go to the website and sign up for a location. All right. And dress comfortably and don't forget the sunscreen, I would imagine. That is right. <laughs> so uh, come with your gloves and we'll take care of you. Um, make sure you got water and all that good stuff. It's a lot of fun. All right. And one more time, their website, if you need more information, it's pearlriverkeeper.com. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio. Funding is provided in part by listeners like you. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash creaturecomforts. Our show is produced by Chava Chapman, and our call screener today was Liz Gill. So for Dr. Troy Major and our guest, Claire Graves, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned because up next, it's AutoCorrect with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts heard only on MPB Think Radio.